All right. I'm hot. Oh, <laughs> I kind of want to take my hoodie off. You can if you no, want to. I want to look cute for the video portion of this experience. Okay. I will, maybe like during the break, I'll take my hoodie off. I'll roll I a sleeve up or two. That's um, what I do when I get a little hot. I guess. But like, I don't know. My, my chest is hot. Okay. Well, that I can't help you my with, My chest is hot. Okay. It's my rippling giant chest muscles. I what mean, are they? Pectoral? Some people are watching the video so they know you're lying. But if you're listening, then you can imagine that. They're not small. They're not, they're not small. You're, they're a, not, you're a more naturally muscly person than I am. Thank you. It takes a lot for me. we're both equally naturally muscly. Not true. I have to go to the gym a lot. All right. We're both going to take our shirts off nope, during this podcast and y'all are going to decide. It is not that kind of channel. <laughs> not that kind of podcast. Not yet, girl. But again, we want to make 100,000 subscribers by the end of the year. How often do you go to the gym? Oh, never. That's oh, what I'm, I'm saying. Never Literally, that, the, the point is proven. I go like five times a week. I, I do work out in my bedroom. Yeah, but what do you do? You do like eight sit-ups while the view people are talking. Yeah, no, not eight sit-ups. I do like 90 push-ups and then I collapse and lay there for 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, or sometimes I don't count. Yeah. Sometimes I just go until I drop. Right. Well, yeah. I have a whole thing. Okay. Okay. Well, we're different people. We are different. Yeah. And that's good. That is good. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Two Game Nats, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we are back again another week. I feel like this... These weeks have been feeling like the calm before the storm. Yeah. Because I know that the Oscars are coming soon. Oh, they are. And I know that Ariana's album is being released oh, soon. Oh, it is. And then, of course, we get into the Beyonce. Okay. We get into Taylor Swift. So it feels... And then we have our live show. And we have our live show, May, May 4th. May 4th. Uh, so it just feels like, I don't know, I can feel the earthquake coming. Yes. But I'm trying to take in the the solace and really just breathe in, breathe out, to okay. quote a Hilary Duff album that people liked. Okay. How's yes. the blood pressure? You going to the doctor, getting that check, make sure you're not too strong. I re- I did my um, physical in like January, so I wasn't stressed then. Who knows now? Well, now we did because we didn't know Beyonce and Taylor were releasing back then. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's I just got true. my uh, results from my physical. How'd it go? So good. Really? Oh, I, the doctor called me up and was just like, everything's iconic. Why would they call you up to tell you that? I only get calls when it's like something's bad. <laughs> no, they could. They called me like, oh, these are your results. Like everything oh. looks good. You'll get the results like in an email or whatever. Oh. My doctor, my well, not my doctor, but like the the people at the desk, they call. Mm, no one know. calls me. I just go, they're like, hey, look on your portal or whatever, and then like I can look through my results, and they're all like, fine, yeah. And like, and, but good. I look at every single like thing on there, like every like, oh, what are my KCL levels or whatever, <laughs> like, and then I like, and then I Google what is a KCL level. But or that's whatever. like a surefire way to like convince yourself that you're dying. You no, know what I'm saying? Because everything is was fine. Okay. <laughs> Nothing was in the red. So. I'm not looking at anything. I will look if the doctor has put like a note. I'll be like, ooh, that's probably something. Mm. <laughs> and then I'll look at that. Mm. Everything else, I'm like, this all looks fine. Okay. We love that. You know, some people don't like to know. I don't. Yes. And that's me. Head in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> ex- exactly. <laughs> me on my health. I'd like my head in the sand. Yeah. The Matt, ostrich over here. That's me. Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? It was good. Good. I hung out with uh, my our friend Matt Bridges was in town. <gasps> so I got to see him and my friend Greg a couple times. Oh, hi, Greg. We got to see each other because he lives in Matt Bridges lives in uh, Northern California so yes. we came down to visit um, so got to hang out with him it was really really nice it was rainy oh. it was you know it was rough um, I had an audition <gasps> this week yes it was for very deep role it was for a leprechaun prostitute in what um, kind of show? Is this a television show? Is this a commercial? Because you've been a leprechaun in a commercial, haven't I you? I don't know if I uh, am Are, uh, if I'm able to. Say you can't it. even say if it's a movie. A it's TV for show. a TV show. Okay, thank you. It's for a, it's for a TV show. But yes, okay. the role was for a les uh, not a lesbian. Not <laughs> for a, if it, oh, how deep would that? How like That'd complex would that deep. be if it was a lesbian leprechaun prostitute? But no, it was just a leprechaun prostitute. Yes. How'd you um, feel? I you know I I'm like well at least someone knows my type. <laughs> Uh, is that your type? I guess it is, bitch. <laughs> Unless I don't get cast. And I'm like, God, they don't even want me for this. Hey, you know you'd be great at? What? Co-hosting a podcast every I, week. It's what I can do. <laughs> I mean, it's what I do. Yes. Who knows if I'm great at it? Hey, but you're here. But I'm here. And that's beautiful. I could be terrible at it, but you know what? I'm doing it anyway. Put your head in the sand. Yeah. You don't need to know hey, any no, reviews. I don't, everyone in the comments, don't tell me hey, if I'm great. this is why we only request five-star reviews. We only need the praise, no criticism ever. We just want validation. Absolutely. Yes, that is what gay mid-30s guys want. That's <laughs> and that's all why they all have podcasts. Yes. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. Matt Palmer, how yes. are you? I'm good. I'm I'm trying to think what I did this week. I had a very good week. I watched one of the Oscar films that we will be talking about later on and very much enjoyed it. And then over the weekend, I have been in a time to improve my living room era. Did you see the new it's media a, console? Yes. Do you very, like it? It's very cute. Thank yes. you so much. Because I've had that media console since we started living together in like 
2014. 10 years ago. 10 yeah, years almost. ago. So I feel like after 10 years, like the styles have changed as to what happens in a living room, what to put your television on. And so uh, we ordered this one that Jackson found and we put it together. Basically just had to put like the handles and the feet on it or whatever. And um, yeah, and we got rid of the old one. I also got rid of the old stereo system that my old boss gave to me with the big speakers. Wow. It literally was from the 80s. It had like a VCR connector. Like it's just time for me to upgrade. And I'm in the process of purchasing one of those Samsung frame TVs that I also always said I wanted and uh, a new Sonos soundbar to go with my other Sonos speakers. So I had been dreaming of like, oh, I want to go to Crossroads where Matt Steele gets his clothes these days, buy some new things. But I'm going to be sitting on my hands a while. Well, you know. <laughs> Monetarily. Those, what's, what's it called? The Apple Vision Pros, you gotta save up for I'm, them. I'm a, further away from them than I've ever been because uh. <laughs> I've really been making things nice in the living room. But hey, this was my theme. My goal for the year was to not dream about purchasing things if you actually have the money to purchase them. Hey. You're living now. If it's not breaking the bank, just do it. But I've done it. The bank's not broken, but it's bent. <laughs> so we're gonna stop. Just bend it back a little bit. Yes, just take we're gonna, a little time to bend it back a little I'm bit. I'm telling you, just not not a lot's gonna happen for me monetarily going forward for a minute. But that's a beautiful thing. And then we went to um, the uh, we went to what's it they called where you sell plants like a sanctuary, uh, a nursery, nursery a sanctuary. <laughs> I was like they call it something. We went to a plant uh, nursery today and got some plants, got some succulents. We have lots of succulents around the house. Many of them had passed away, and so mm. it was time to replace. Yeah, it, I feel like succulents. The whole thing is like it's hard to kill them. <laughs> you know, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> if it involves killing a plant, I can do it. I mean, it took a good year or so, but it was just time for a refresh. You know? Yeah, that's what we call when you accidentally kill something and get something new. It's a refresh. It's a refresh. Guys, <laughs> when your dog dies and you get a puppy, hey, it's just a refresh. That's not the same. <laughs> we tried with a succulent. And again, I do not have a green thumb. Jackson is in charge of all water. Not in charge of the watering, oh. but like he is the green thumb of the home. Oh, throwing Jackson under not the bus. Not under the bus. I think we've done a great job in a year. It's a beautiful time for a plant. I guess. <laughs> How, like what's a, a plant years? Like how many years is that in plant years? I'd one say year, ninety. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've decided it's about ninety. Um, and yeah, so we have new plants, and we got a new planter. One is shaped like a turtle, which is very cute, and it will go well with the media console. And once the new TV and soundbar get here, the goal right now is like by the time we have our Oscar party to have the living room looking spick and span, looking brand new, mm -hmm. a whole new just like moment for all of us. Because again, that TV I had, I've had for like twelve years. This music stuff I've had for ten, and the media console for ten too. So it's not like I'm throwing shit away just after I bought it. You're very, you know? you're, you're a lot better than me because I would be so scared to like get a whole bunch of new stuff and then throw a, a party. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how it goes. Well, you know, if something happens at the Oscars, I don't like you know it. We'll rip the TV off I mean, the wall. But honestly, what's the worst case scenario? Is like the sound bar doesn't work, and so we have to like use the audio coming from the television. Like we will all live. My Oscars viewing experience <laughs> will not be ruined, Matt Palmer. It will it's not. The only thing I have it is, and I would never want to ruin that for you. And I don't foresee it being ruined. I think it's all going to work out. Okay. Uh, should we jump into the news for idiots? Let's go. Okay. So apparently there were some SAG Awards. The SAG Awards <laughs> happened on a Saturday. Is that not when they happen usually? No, usually they're Sunday. Oh. But you know, sometimes the Emmys happen on like a Monday or Tuesday, like the past couple of years. So okay. with the SAG Awards, we're just like, let's throw them in on a Saturday. Why not? Did you watch? I did. Yes. How did you feel? But they were very fun. They, um, I just want to single-handedly thank uh, Lily Gladstone for winning Leading Actress. Okay. Because for so long, it was kind of just like, oh man. All the big awards categories are so wrapped up. Mm. And but now that Lily Gladstone won the SAG Awards, it's kind of like, OK, <laughs> now there is a little bit of a race for best leading actress. So I won't be bored for the next couple weeks as I'm like wondering who's going to win. I love that. You know, so I, whichever one wins, whoever wins, it doesn't need to be either. It could be Sandra Hewler who wins mm. or you know, Annette Bening, you know, or Carrie Mulligan. Anyone could surprise us. But yes. at least I know a race is happening is that the only surprise that happened in the movie categories? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But you know, it's all deserving winners. Oppenheimer won Ensemble, which yes. like Oppenheimer had that in the bag literally like four years ago when the cast was announced. <laughs> there was a period of time where it was like every day someone new was announced to be in Christopher Nolan's next movie. Mm. And it was, it was, and I was just like, how many people are in this goddamn That's like movie? like White Lotus season three. Every everyone. week there's a new announcement of like 12 new cast members. Well, not like, everyone, every man. <laughs> literally every <laughs> Every man besides me yes. was an Oppenheimer. <laughs> and I'm glad they're getting it, you know, they're getting their due. They did a good job, apparently. They did a very good job. I didn't see it, not terribly interested. Um, Cillian Murphy won leading actor, mm. which is very exciting. Yes. Um, he's excellent. Uh Davine Joy Randolph yes. uh won 
for supporting actress for the holdovers, Robert Downey Jr. for supporting actor for Oppenheimer. Mm. So so you know, and it was a lovely ceremony. Okay. Everyone did a great job. I'm looking, it seems like the bear won for ensemble on a comedy series. And it's like, you know, I love the bear. And it's funny, but it's one of those like, is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Who's to say? You're asking this now at one comedy at the Emmys, comedy. I at the know, Globes. but every time I see it, I always get a little like, is this a comedy? Okay. Uh, I but I do love that Iowa Edabiri won. She's amazing. Jeremy Allen White. Uh, and then the beef stars, uh Stephen Yun, uh Ali Wong, uh the crown Elizabeth Debicki, she won uh for a female actor in a drama series. So guess the TV ones people are excited about as well. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, how many words does Io fucking have after this award season? I feel yeah, like any swept. I mean, good for well, her. I mean, she swept. Jeremy Allen White swept. The, uh, the Bear swept. Like, the, like they've been winning consistently. Like, but I this guess season. we were reading in the chat before we got started that apparently the surprise on the TV side was the fact that the Succession lead actors did not win mm-hmm. at the SAG Awards. I wonder why that is. Do you think it's just been so long since Succession's been on the air? It's not type of mind for people. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe the SAG actors. Like just really loved um uh the, the Pedro Pascal in the Last, the Last of, of Us, us yeah yes. I mean they really it, the Last of Us really resonated with them maybe it could be uh you know you never know I, but I I'm excited when like different people win different things yes absolutely you know, it's, we like, it's always fun to watch gotta share the wealth yeah um in more exciting news and uh. some unexpected news truly uh. Miss I can't believe I'm saying these words <laughs> Miss Normani has announced that five years after motivation five years in one pandemic. After her debut solo single, Motivation, she has announced that her album, Dopamine, is being released this year, supposedly. We got a title. And what else did we get? An iconic album cover. Excellent. Gorgeous. Cover. Just the sleek black rocket and she's just sexily wearing a <laughs> leather bikini just yes. on, perched upon that rocket shooting to the moon. <laughs> she is off to the moon and I am just so excited. I, we, I mean I was going to say I feel like we've been waiting so long but we really have and in fairness I think Normani has been going through a lot of personal stuff in this time um, I feel like she, her parents might have had both health scares at different moments so I'm excited that it's happening she has put up. I love that the website is called Where's the Damn Album Iconic. Iconic. Like, so fucking funny I am so glad like the thing is you look at the amount of likes on this tweet and you see like we are rooting for this girl like even though people had been talking shit and being like oh gosh what's taking so long XYZ as soon as we got a crumb of good news the internet was ablaze yeah like and I love that all of her former Fifth Harmony members like congratulated her in the comments. There's no bad blood there. Uh, well, I don't know that, but <laughs> they all commented publicly, sure. which we're excited about. I yeah. just am so glad the debut is upcoming. I can't wait to finally get the date because we got to fill in the two game match schedule. Our dance card is getting fuller and fuller by the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to see where she's going to slot in. I would love like a June release. Sure. For us. My birthday. <laughs> yeah, birthday present for yes, you. Yes, and I just think it's so like overwhelming how literally everyone and their mother is releasing an album this year. I know. I might release an album this year. <laughs> you should. And and Normani was just like, you know what? I'm gonna release it too. I it's mean, like it's like of all people to also release an album this year, Normani. But I mean, I'm sure she was seeing these album announcements and was like asking her team, like, should we push it back? And they're like, no, <laughs> like we've pushed it back enough. We gotta come out with it. It's it's time. It's and time. they were right. June, guys, for my birthday. I love that we've just decided it's June. June. It just it cannot be March or April. No, and it wouldn't be. They it's would too never. Soon. They, they would, would never. never but I just I need to say it out loud. So hopefully someone on Team Normani is listening. That like we can't have that. No, I can't have that. We want June. June. We June, want June. June. Just because it's June. And I also wonder what are we gonna do next year? I don't know. <laughs> oh, guys, two game mats. Twenty twenty five is gonna be our worst. It's year gonna ever. be. A, I mean, we're gonna have a lot of fucking. Um, Bracket videos. <laughs> Every bracket under oh, the those sun. Oh, such a bitch to edit. Oh, but people love them. I know they do, people but like no one's going to be releasing new music. I mean, Taylor will release something. Uh, she'll release nine albums. I know. Some re-records. It'll be fine. I know. Um, in uh, less fun news, the Wendy Williams Lifetime documentary has aired, uh, I believe one of the, uh, it's a two-part documentary. One of them aired on Saturday and one might be airing as we record this Sunday night. And I didn't watch it, but apparently I've been told I can go to Lifetime.com and watch this for free, and maybe I will do that. But I will, uh, I have looked at some of the clips, and I 
She also came out, her, her team came out with the diagnosis. Apparently, she has been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia and frontotemporal dementia. Uh, this came out on the 22nd. It's just very sad to mm-hmm. think about, like, how quickly this kind of disease affects a person. And I don't know. It just seems like it's been such a steep decline in such a short period of time. And to me, I watch the clips and I wonder, would Wendy have wanted to... S- us to see her like this like sure. if not like I feel like when she had her TV talk show we would never have even seen her with her wig off you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and like now we're seeing such intimate moments such raw interactions with people where she is being cruel but it's like what well, she also has dementia like this is a person whose cognitive function is not what it was so very recently and I just worry it just makes me feel so sad for her and horrible for her apparently you know, she has a court-appointed conservator. She has a manager named Will, who every clip I've seen, she's, he seems to be, like, really forcing her out of bed and forcing her to work in a way that, like, does she want to do that? She apparently has very close family members who, like, are out of contact with her because they keep her sequestered mm-hmm. and isolated. And it just, it's just such a devastating situation. And I'm sure I'll have more to say when I watch it in full. But it's, like... I I just don't know if this was a good idea. I mean, of course, I want her to be able, you know, have monetary security at this stage of her life, obviously. But if it wasn't like a dire need for that, it feels like we're really doing something that's harmful. Yeah, I I haven't watched any of the documentary, but I did see her niece was on The View and she talked most, not as much about um, the diagnosis, mm. um, but about the conservatorship of it all and okay. how she's just like, we are just desperate to get in touch with her. Like, I, I cannot call my aunt mm. um, and she can only call me. And so like when she calls, which is very, very rare that she's like allowed to call or she can call or something like that. I have to pick up the phone and I can never be the person to say, okay, well I have to go because I don't know if I will ever speak to her again. Like it's so, so sad. It's devastating. I just, I, I just really feel for her and her family. And I hope that she, is more in contact with them. If this conservatorship is not needed, then I hope she gets out of it. Like it just is giving me the feelings that I felt when we learned more about Britney's situation. Yeah. Or if she needs some sort of like people taking care of her, like it should be her family. Right. Why? I, I don't feel like I've ever heard any stories of her family trying to take advantage of her right. in any sort of way. I correct me if I'm wrong, but like, the family should be involved. I absolutely agree. If like things are really bad for her. I agree with you. And um, it's devastating that this is the situation. And like one good part of this is maybe this is going to shine light on the fact that her conservatorship seems so fucked up. And maybe Mm -hmm. that will push people to fight for her the way they fought for Britney and, you know, get something that makes more sense for all involved. Because it's just, it's tough to watch. Um, Okay. And more upsetting news, but more... um, it more makes me angry than it does makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules. Okay, I, I, Tom Sandoval was in the New York Times. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of backstory. You know what happened with Sandoval if you've listened to this podcast or, you know, are plugged into pop culture or were plugged in last year. He cheated on his longtime girlfriend with a cast member named Rachel and um, basically blew up his life. And, you know, re- like blew up Ariana's life, his girlfriend of nine years. It was a big disaster. It was all over the news. You know about it. Uh, this season, what Bravo likes to do when they have a person that like they feel needs to be on the show, which Tom Sandoval made more headlines than anyone in Bravo history, essentially, sure. last year. you got to keep him on the show. They want to paint him in a better light this year. The season has begun airing, and they're kind of editing it. So it's like, oh, Ariana's such a diva for like not letting her friends hang out with Tom Sandoval. Like Lisa Vanderpump, you know, has she softened her heart to him because of many things he said. Mm-hmm. And like, gosh, Ariana is really stonewalling everyone for like getting a relationship with him at this point sure you got to create like an arc it's always like the tides always have to turn for and against the characters it makes sense got to keep the show interesting but the thing that cannot be kept a muzzle around is tom sandoval's fucking mouth sure because he in this interview let me read this have you seen this quote i have seen the quotes i've not read a full interview i didn't either but let me read it to you 
Uh, when asked about like, um, he asked, got asked about this whole scandal thing and like, why did this become such a big deal? And he responds, I'm not a pop culture historian really, but I witnessed the OJ Simpson thing and George Floyd and all these big things, which is really weird to compare this to that, I think. But do you think in a weird way, it's a little bit the same? No, I don't think <laughs> no, it's No, I don't <laughs> fucking think it's the same, you narcissistic fucking prick. Cause you did this to yourself. Especially, all right, who knows what happened with O.J. Simpson, <laughs> but especially your second example, like George Floyd's ex has had to come out and like refute this man. It's like you can't even do the job that Bravo wants you to do and just keep your mouth shut. Mm. Like make, like don't add people hating you as the they're doing the you a favor. They are. They're, they're doing, editing you to give you the, the depth that you want to have on the show. When in truth, you're not just a narcissist. You're a fucking moron. And the fact that this kind of thought crosses your mind just shows how out of touch and like out of your mind you are like what prompted you to purse your dumb lips up to say that stupid shit in public like in on record like it's shocking to me like the victimization narrative like it's not like something happened to you you were not wronged because of a fucking racist police force you made an awful choice and are reaping the results of that okay which you signed up for which because you, 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 you wanted to be on a reality show and have your flaws and all documented right. on the screen right you know and so so you made the choice to be on that reality show you made the choice to blow up your life your nine year relationship and you, the pieces of the article that I have read, he essentially uh, like doesn't even think of his life as years anymore. He thinks of them as seasons. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks he's so wrapped up in the reality show that it's like he has lost all perspective. Like as these words are coming out of his mouth, he doesn't think like, oh, that's such a terrible, horrendous thing to say. He got immediately got so much backlash on social media, apologized in his Instagram stories like one would do. My intentions behind the comments I made in the New York Times Magazine were to explain the level of national media attention my affair received. The comparison was inappropriate and ignorant. I'm incredibly sorry and I'm embarrassed and to me it's like you've made so many apologies I know that this was written by a PR person and you had to sign off on because you are incapable of making an apology that's not but actually it just he sickens me and I hate to be the one to say this because I have gone on record on this podcast for years saying that this is the best show on television and it was it really was it's time to cancel it is this season not good it's not good, but even beyond it not being good, it's like you were watching because they're monsters, but at some point the monsters get too monstrous. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just kill it. Just, it, I understand they probably won't because at least the premiere episodes, the ratings have been through the roof, but I assume they'll go down every episode coming afterwards because it's very boring. Well, it's, it's not delivering. It's not delivering. And there's nothing going on. And there's also hubbub a little bit about po- allegedly another cast member is has uh, allegedly done things in the past that are coming out in the coming weeks okay. that will make you dislike someone as much as Tom Sandoval. Oh God. And so it's just like, these people are bad. This is a bad group of people. And like, I watch summer house. The drama is light. The people are dumb, but harmless. That's what I want. Sure. I want harmless monsters. Well, cause the thing is when you start what when you started watching Vanderpump rules, what year did it come out? 2014, 2013, 2013, 2013. You're just like, okay, these people like kind of suck. They're kind of assholes and everything, but like that's, fun it's fun because it's harmless but then as time goes on it's like oh these people suck but also now have power yes and not like you know like power that like really affects me but like power in terms of like clout and like social people recognize them uh, in 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 pop culture and then so and so with that added on top of it it's just like oh the monsters become far more you feed the monster a lot right (laughs) and it's like if they stayed in their lane and truly if they only kept talking about scandal and their relationship issues fine continue being powerful monsters but as soon as you reach like I'm actively problematic and like upholding systems of oppression with the illusions that I'm making in these magazines. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want people who do what you do outside of your messy relationships. Cancel it. Cancel it. I just can't, I can't continue with this. Well, one day when you run Bravo, (sighs) when Andy Cohen steps down and you take that gavel. I have a question for you. Yeah. So would you watch four different biopics about the Beatles? (laughs) Because Sam Mendes is directing, yeah. Woo! <laughs> I, well, 
Yeah, I like I I think it is an interesting concept. I, I why can't it be like a nice three hour movie? If only a, where like it splits into four parts. Each part has its own sort of narrative. Mm. I think that would be very cool. Uh, sort of like how Jersey Boys the musical like does sort of that thing. Like each of the four narrates each section. Okay, um, four whole separate movies is Shock. that's a. It's not even like, oh, this is a horrible idea. These are going to be terrible. Because I don't. I think they could very well be very good. But it's just as a producer, it's just like mm. that's that's an expense. Especially if like, I don't know. I could see there being a little fatigue after the second Hello? movie. You know? Like there's no guarantee. It's. There's no guarantee that like people will stick around for the final two right. movies, you know, people, especially nowadays, like their attention spans are very short. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I maybe it would have been smarter to do like a mini series of mm. like four episodes. Totally. Um, but four movies, I mean, who knows? I mean, Sam Mendes is an excellent director, so I, I don't doubt that like, there's a lot of potential for them to be really great, mm. but still, like as a, from my producer eye, I'm kind of just like, oh, this is a risk. This is a this is a gamble like, right. financially. I feel, right. um, but you know, they must believe in the project. So <laughs> have at it. I hey. guess you know. It, I also love it when producers like give a really good director like money to do what they want, and the director does what they want. So, but I mean, with something like like a biopic for so, people as beloved as the Beatles, right. sometimes biopics can get a little watered down, especially yes. um, if like their uh, what's it called estate is just like you cannot portray them in this sort of right. light. You have to you can't show the all the flaws at <laughs> <Right>. all. Um, <laughs> so I I do worry about that a little bit. I. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's not coming out of my pocketbook. So it's just a lot of content. Like I went to recorded music school and even by year three, when like we were at another class about production, it's like, and now we're going to have a four week discussion of the Beatles. And then we're just like, oh my God, like I get it. I get it. They were so important. It was such a huge thing. But I've been hearing about the Beatles since the dawn of time. And there are other producers, there are other artists, there are other genres, there are other things we can be discussing. And it's just, I personally am Beatles out. Like I, I like, you know, I like a couple of their songs. I love that I Am Sam soundtrack because, you know, we got some really strong vocalists on some of those songs that, you know, I think are great, but maybe I don't love the vocal performance on. But I just, I don't need to, I don't need this at all. I do like, like the discourse online, like people talking about like what each movie is going to be like about, what the style is going to be. And everyone's just like all three movies, the first three movies are just going to be regular biopics. And like Ringo Starr's movie is just going to be like the most like madcap ridiculousness. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, funny. So like, like, okay. Like the discourse around this is very funny. I saw one that was like, yeah, Ringo's going to be like, he's the only person everyone else is Muppets. Like that's yeah, funny. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. But and like, I think like if that sort of direct, like if they were vastly different movies, I think that would be kind of amusing. Right. Um, so I mean, we'll see. We will see. I will. You'll see. I won't. I'll see. Yes. <laughs> I won't I'll be see seeing. four times. Mm-mm, are they going to no. come out different years or are they get, they're all going to come out at once? I assume different years. I assume different years. But you'll have wow. to tell me about it. Well, listen, if Beyonce's doing three different acts of, of uh, whatever her project she is called, is. her trilogy is But they're going to be about different stories. They're going to be different sets of songs. Everything's about Beyonce, though. Uh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God, isn't it? But also, like, it's because the reason why we're excited about that trilogy is because we know it's going to be different genres of music. Exactly. So maybe it'll be exciting if they are kind of like different genres of movies, if there are big swings with each individual movie. Yes. You know? So, because if it was like three of the same type of album come from Beyonce, we would still be excited. Of course. But we would kind of just be like, oh, this is daunting. Yes. You know? And that's how I feel about this. But you never know. You never know. Could be great. Give it to us, Sam. Did you, have you seen anything about Sora, which is the new, like, an AI that's going to be able to create minute long videos for you. You can type in like, Oh, we're I'm flying over Scotland and I want a great drone shot of a castle. And then like it, you press enter and then it like builds a minute long video for you. Okay. Have you seen anything about that? Uh, ish. Yeah. I saw I, one video of like these like whales flying in the sky. Right. Or something like that. I've seen some stuff and I'm telling you as a person who's like, you know, I love tech. Tech is cool. This is terrifying. Like, it's just like, this looks too good. Mm. And it worried me initially. Like, well, what about the drone people who, like, actually make these videos? What about, you know, people who make animation that looks a certain way? Like, are you just going to try to not use them anymore? And Tyler Perry says, 
Yes. <laughs> Tyler Perry, world's worst person, <laughs> comes out and says he puts the $800 million studio expansion on hold after seeing OpenAI's Sora. Jobs are going to be lost. He's had this to say. I no longer would have to travel to locations. If I wanted to be in snow in Colorado, it's text. If I wanted to write a scene on the moon, it's text. Uh, I, and this AI can generate it like it's nothing. If I wanted to have two people living room in, uh, in the living room in the mountains, I don't have to build a set in the mountains. I don't have to put a set on my lot. I can sit in an office and do this with a computer, which is shocking to me. It's just like I love how he says jobs are going to be lost, and then like proceeds to like talk excitedly. Exactly, like he's smiling during the jobs are going to be. But lost. But the thing is, like, yeah, you will create this living room setting with these fake people that yes. are having a discussion, and it will be so not compelling. Exactly, it'll be compelling to like three brain celled people who have no attention spans. <laughs> and why are you so excited to make bad art with that? Like doesn't involve people, but it's like, if we look at the history of the way this man makes movies, like he doesn't have writer's rooms on his shows. He just like stays up all night with a coffee and like crap something out. And that's why we love everyone. It's usually not good. Like people are talking about that fucking Kelly Rowland movie with Trevante Rhodes. That's on Netflix that he, I assume wrote, but definitely produced or whatever. And they're like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand how a person can be so powerful and so successful and not the goal not be I want to make the best art I can and for him it feels like I want to make things the quickest the cheapest and like at the largest volume because that's all it takes to to make money but don't you want to make something good yeah. I don't understand I, it's it's a lot I, I the whole like AI movie thing it's just like I could see some people I the thing is I couldn't even see like people really being excited about it like like actually like being invested in this sort of thing except like people online who just want to share stuff yes you know yes. those types of people who are who just want to share stuff to go viral like are excited about this kind of stuff i don't see anyone else who's like genuinely like oh wow this is i would love to watch this for three hours exactly no one's like i you can't know? wait to go to a movie theater and watch an entire ai movie can't think of how soulless that's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be great. Yeah, no one watches wants to watch a soulless movie. No, like no, no one like. There's a Tyler Perry. You can't make an AI uh, for color girls who considered suicide when the rainbow was enough. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You got to put Felice Rashad. I never saw that because you know Mariah was supposed to be in it. Yeah, but, but she wasn't like fired. No, she, she, she wasn't fired. I know, but I, I, I wanted she to. Been great. I wanted to see it just because I wanted to imagine her in it, but I never got around to. Um, but I would watch that because it involves real people. And it's real, real people and like actresses that like we care about. Like we, the there's a reason why people go to the the see who have like favorite actors and actresses. It's like oh, because we like these people. Yes. We there. I'm not gonna be compelled to see a fake person who was made up on a computer. Right. And even if you're just having the background be made up on computer and then you have real actors in front of it it's gonna look crazy it's gonna look stupid it's gonna look so stupid it's gonna look stupid oh i'm just unless I'm you do it for one of the beatles movies because then it would just be like oh this is absurd girl you know what it was fun do whatever you want for those beatles <laughs> movies i'm not watching them anyways uh in happier news beyonce has become the first black woman to top the billboard country music chart dolly parton reached out on instagram and congratulated her it's supposedly texas hold'em by i think tomorrow by the time this podcast is released on apple podcast will probably be the number one song in the country it's looking to be number one next week like this is becoming one of Beyonce's biggest hits ever, which is wild Crazy. to me. And we were discussing it before we recorded the podcast, but it's like, I'm excited. I like this song. I love this song, actually. But a part of me is already pre-mad for, Mar uh, Mar for Beyonce winning album of the year for this. Even though I'm sure it's going to be excellent. It's just like, why did Beyonce have to do country music to get this kind of, this level of hit, to get this kind of like, support from I assume the uh, Academy will give to her like I just part of me is like you should have been loving Beyonce's art when she wasn't trying to make something accessible for mm -hmm. all audiences like when she and it's like not the point of this era obviously it's not like her, that's her goal she just wants to get this genre back to the people who began it which is absolutely admirable but I just the fact that a country music song is like a global Spotify number one when like something like Cuff It probably never was is just wild. 
Yeah, I, it, it is very interesting. I I couldn't imagine some Grammy voters seeing like, oh, Beyonce put out a country album. Right. What a stretch for her. Yes. As if like, hello, um, Daddy Lessons on Lemonade exists, and it's one of the greatest songs literally ever. And <laughs> right. but whatever, I could see them being like, ooh, I didn't know she could do this. It's like right. and not realizing that like, no, Renaissance was her stretching herself. Yes, Beyonce self title was her stretching herself. Lemonade was her stretching herself to the stratosphere. Like all these like y- like just because something feels so different like genre wise doesn't mean that she's like not stretching herself as an artist like like the what she has done with so many of her albums is just beyond stretching herself as an yes. artist but because something is suddenly she's like oh suddenly she's just a black woman doing a country album right that's such a a basic um idea of stretching yourself as an artist right. and like we're here we're of for course. it because it's, it's gonna be fucking great and like country music's great beyonce's great one one plus one equals two it's gonna be amazing <laughs> the, the math maths yes but still it is very um interesting i mean like i get why i get the like sort of like global appeal just because country music there is a simplicity to like the lyrics and the storytelling aspect sure. of country music that does appeal to a lot of people whereas like something like uh, some of the stuff on renaissance it was so musically like intricate intricate and experimental and everything not everyone sort of pays attention to that sort of thing as they do just like oh this is real catchy you know it is. And, it- and listen uh, Texas Hold'em is beyond just catchy. Absolutely. The artistry and the sophistication of the the music and the, the recording process, especially the background vocals, the layering, it's amazing. It's excellent. But I think some people like do see country music and it, it's it's country music in general is just sort of like easier to swallow for a, a lot of people. And I hear that, but to me it's like, and internationally is where I'm confused because it's like mm. t- Taylor became, you know, obviously she was gigantic at the beginning of her career, but I feel like when she made the switch over to pop music, her international fan base exploded. You know, like I just don't think international, like European lis- listeners especially are like really checking for country music sure. as often. So the fact that Beyonce's making a dance record, she's making an electro record. Yes, it's complex. Yes, it has a lot going on. House music's not the like forefront of dance at the moment, but it's like that feels like Europe Europe's bag. Like it's just I, I'm going to just accept the good things that's happening yeah, but at also, the moment. People in Europe are racist. Ah! <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes, everyone's fucking racist. But I love Texas Hold'em, <laughs> and I'm happy for its success. And I just need to accept the success as it comes, because what she's doing is greater than making an accessible song for everyone. It's like, you look and you can see other black female country artists like having their streams double and triple because of what Beyonce is putting out these days. Mm-hmm. It's all a good thing. So let me not get in my feelings about Renaissance and Lemonade, but... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't be scared. If, I'm not but the scared. thing is, like, if the music is excellent, which I'm probably like 100 percent sure that it's going to it be, be, then I'll be like, you know what? Great, great. <laughs> you know, we want success for Beyonce. It just, it's just, it's just. I didn't see it coming. It just, I didn't see it being this gigantic. It just would be such an ironic thing. It's it just like be. after all these years, she finally be. gets her album of the year win for a country. <laughs> I like know. it would just be so funny because it's. It's it's absurd. It's <laughs> like wild. it's just so funny. It's so, just wild. So you know what? I I'm gonna just hope that the music is excellent. Yes. Which like I don't have to hope that hard. No. I'm sure it's gonna be. It's going to be. Um. So I'm I'm just gonna enjoy it while yes. it's here. And that's the right attitude. Yeah. Uh, Matt Steele, do you have any other news for idiots? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then we're gonna take a quick break and then be back with more to get Matt's the podcast. I'm so sorry to disappoint everyone, but my shirt stayed on. <laughs> I think that's for the best. The podcast is not over yet, though, ladies it's and gentlemen. It's not. But if I were to be a betting man, I would assume your shirt's going to stay on. I am cooler on. now. That's I have good. calmed down. My heart rate has dropped. That's great. Yeah, maybe it's me like dying, having a sudden stroke. I don't know. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait. Oh God, what if I die before the end of the podcast? No, we don't want that. Oh my God, how viral would we go? Stop. <laughs> I don't want that kind Listen, of virality. I'm willing to sacrifice for the art. I'm not. Keep me alive. <laughs> okay, well, okay. to keep ourselves alive, what yes. do people have to do, Matt Palmer? People need to go to their Apple podcast or their Spotify and leave us a five-star rating or review. We do only accept five-star rating but it would help us so much. We just want the algorithm to get this podcast out to as many listeners and or viewers as possible and leaving that rating or review will help us do just that. And if you really enjoy us, make sure to go to patreon.com slash 2 for extra bonus content. Uh, we actually just this past week on Thursday night listened through Chapel Roan's debut album with our $10 plus patrons. It was so much fun. The replay is up now and um, you know, we're going to be putting extra bonus content up a lot and once we listen to these albums that come out, all of the replays of those full live 
live streams are only going to be available on Patreon. So become a part for as little as $5 a month. You get access to the Discord, meet a bunch of friends you haven't met yet. It's just a great place to be. It's the best place to be. Agreed. It's just joy personified. Yes. Yeah. All right. So now this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. This used to be a solo line for me, but you just jumped in there. Sorry, now it's a Two weeks in a row. I, I'm trying to help. I'm giving you I'm a stereo like, You moment. get the whole commercial. You don't even listen to when I do the I commercial. Don't, girl. <laughs> so we got an email this week from the wonderful Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Uh, Jacob says, tortured poet's prediction. Hey, Matts, my boyfriend needs a break from hearing me go on and on about Taylor Swift's new album, but ever since she announced it, I can't stop checking online every day to see if new information has been leaked. This is the first real breakup album we've gotten from her since her read, and that relationship was just a few months. So imagine what we'll get with her having six years to draw from. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the question is, what are your predictions and hopes for this album, as well, which tracks you're most excited for. I'm hoping we are getting the vividly detailed lyrics we haven't gotten since her country days. And as far as tracks go, well, track five being called So Long London is already sending me to therapy. And I think <laughs> I can fix him. No, really, I can is going to be hilarious. I hope you're doing well, Jacob. Jacob, we hope you're doing well, too. Absolutely. And we fully agree. We fully agree. We're so excited that this, like... And yeah, we wish that, you know, she didn't have these like heartbreaks and everything. Sure. You know, we, we, you know, it's sad. Yeah, but we like, don't want people to be in pain. The fact that we are getting great art out of it is, you know, a nice thing, especially right. because this is really where she thrives. <laughs> um, and it's a, such a long relationship. Yes. She hasn't had a relationship that long that she's like written about in terms of like a breakup sense. Yes. So I really see it being very, very personal. Um, I don't foresee many up tempos. I mean, I you, don't look at, either. you look at that cover and it's, but you know what? I'm not sad. I'm not scared. I'm not scared either because we all know some of our favorite two, uh, Taylor Swift songs are the last kisses of the world. The yeah. all too wells. Like I, I think can't picture a slower song than last kiss. <laughs> there like, is, no, there's that's never the been a slower song, song that's ever been released yeah. by any artist. And I just agree with you. I think we're going to get the lyrical specificity specificity that maybe we were missing from a couple of the later releases. She no longer feels the need to be like, oh, I'm just telling a story. It's like, this is the real shit. I believe I've seen quotes from her heiress tour where she's like, you know, writing has always been a release for me and I really feel like this album, it was more of a release than it's ever been. Like, oh. this whole writing this record saved my life. I am ready to get down to the nitty gritty. Like, I don't need to know exactly what happened there, but like, there must be such complex emotions after a six-year relationship ends and being able to get that out from an artist like Taylor who writes so beautifully from a place of heartache and always has that specificity. I'm just excited. We all know my theory about how I don't believe Joe Alwyn wanted her to really give a lot of details about their relationship when she was in it. So I feel like she has a lot built up, a lot pent up because she's not having to write about imaginary teens anymore. She's not about having to write about like the lady who used to own her house. Yeah. Like she's going to be able to write <laughs> about herself and what happened here. And I'm sonically, I'm trying to be open-minded. I heard that Aaron does, Desner, Dresner, I don't know how to say his name. The national guy is involved, and I what? Hate him. But <laughs> don't hate him. I'm Listen, sure he's a nice Cyrano rules. Okay. Okay. I'm sure he's a nice man. I need her to not sound like she's in an industry refrigerator the whole time. But if that's the sound, but we get lyrics and melodies like the red and, and era. The, and the stakes that yes. are in like the red era or the speak now era or right. something like that. Because that is what we like. If there are stakes in the music, I am invested. Yes. So I will deal with any vocal production choices that may not be my favorite because I think so, like lyrically, melodically and like storytelling wise, we're in for a good, good time. I'm I'm kind of scared oh. about what if now we know she has complex feelings, but I think there could be no feeling more complex than if this time next year when like Grammys are happening, if we're just like, Oh wait, maybe Taylor deserves the win for album of the year over Beyonce. <laughs> could you imagine us, us, and, and and then we have to be like, wait, do we have to root against Beyonce now? Like, you like know, that, that would be a complex feeling. And it's it something would we be. would never admit. <laughs> I mean, I would be honest if it okay. came to that. Um, I 
We'll have to wait and see. Like the Grammys next year, no matter what happens, are going to be fucking bloodbath for all involved, <laughs> especially us. So whatever happens, it's going to be a wreck. And so I'm I'm made peace with that already. All right, good uh, for us. We're of, prepping ourselves. Of the song titles, which ones are, are you most excited about? Um, for some reason, the last track being called "The Bolter." The Bolter. The I Bolters, love that. It sounds cool. I mean, Clara Bow interests me just mm. because you know Clara Bow is a famous like silent film actress. Yes, and uh, Clara. Uh, uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie's character in Babylon was directly inspired by Clara Bow. So okay. I wonder, is Taylor a Babylon stan? Is she in the hive? That's what <laughs> I want to know. Um, but in terms of like what song titles jump out at me, I don't know. The fact that like there's a Florida with three <laughs> exclamation points. That is a wild is one. Insane. Yes. Uh, guilty as sin with a question mark is interesting. Yes. I, the I smallest mean, man who ever lived. The smallest man who ever lived. Wait. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, track five called So Long London, it, just having it directly, the title directly correlate with Joe and, uh, you know, him being British and her being London being so important to her. I mean, she wrote a whole song about London Boy. And as long as it doesn't sample London Boy, I can't wait to hear What if it. it's like a cool sample of London Boy? Skip. Though? You know what is uh, what I noticed? I was listening to Would Have, Could Have, Should Have because mm. my friend Eileen is having me make her a Taylor Swift uh, playlist. Oh, her. nice. She's like, I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. Can you send me a couple songs? And I was like, a couple? I'll send you 50. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll write details about every single era, every single oh, song. Oh, my God. Yes. So Eileen's getting a, a lot from me. I She's think people be- on the Discord actually want to see that if you could upload it as a post on the sure. Patreon. <laughs> um, and so, uh, uh, and that's why I was listening to Would Have, Could Have, Should Have because I'm mm. like, I'm going to include this Ooh. in the playlist. As you should. And at the end of Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, I'll be damned if she's not sampling Cornelia Street. Just the the um, the background music, the production, like the, the like at the very end, listening to Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, it sounds like Cornelia Street. And so I'm just again. like, wait, but I... This song isn't about Joe Allen. Or is it? Or uh, what? So what's going on, Taylor? What's going on? (laughs) Some Swifty, give me a conspiracy right right now. Let us know. We're going to learn all about it come April 12th. I can't wait. I know. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Ah, so Matt Steele. Yes. I have a question for you. Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? So my giving me moments for this week is a very small giving me moments. I haven't been able to consume a lot of stuff. I've been very busy. Yes. Um, Making that Taylor Swift playlist. Making that (laughs) Taylor... No lie. (laughs) No lie. Um... So, uh, you know, I'm in my Survivor binge journey. Mm-hmm. I started Survivor from the very first season, like a couple years ago, and I'm working my way through. I'm on season 24 now, which is Survivor One World. Okay. Um, it's a nice little solid season. I'm enjoying it. Um, but there is one character, and his name is Colton. Ooh. And I have seen him before. I remember this this season aired like beginning of 2012, I okay. think. And I remember seeing him being shared on the internet like, oh God, look at this bitchy gay. He's such a bitch. Mm. And and I remember watching being like, oh, I'm amused by him. Yeah. And but when you watch him in the full context of the season, you're just like, oh, he's just he's just a little asshole. <laughs> like, and you know I love a villain in a reality show. You Everyone do. should. They, they make reality shows go around. Yes. But it's just like, oh, man, I desperately want him to get his ass handed to him sometime this season. So I was, you know, in the Discord, we have a section all about uh, reality competition shows. Yes. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, we're talking and Jordan, uh, who has seen every season of Survivor. In our, hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. If you're listening, uh, said, uh, and what if I told you you're currently watching what is generally considered to be the best game of Survivor ever played? And so I'm just like, okay. So I guess in this season, someone plays the game really, really well. Mm. Maybe wins or maybe like comes in second. I don't know. But someone plays the game very, very well. And so I'm just like, oh, shit. The only one here who's really running the show now is Colton. Oh. Like he's getting people to do things that I like would never dream any person with three brain cells would do <laughs> in this game. Like he is getting them. He convinced the guys tribe to like sacrifice their own immunity to go to tribal council to get rid of someone he didn't like. like wow. And so and so I was just like, if anyone here is going to play a game like that, it's Colton. But I want to see him. I want to see him go down. <laughs> oh like that's God. what I want to see. Rooting against a gay. How could you? Listen, if you saw this gay, you would just. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I'm sure if I. I met him in real life and be like, mm, we could be friends. <laughs> but on TV, the edit he got, it's just like, oh, you're one. just a little asshole. And so, um, and also he was so nasty to this sweet girl, Christina, mm. him and this other girl, Alicia, who's awful, <laughs> like just so nasty and rude and like, 
and uh, they're so mean to this girl, Christina, mm. and they're they're just like, oh well, Christina, you're going. You have no friends here. Do you know that you have no friends here? Like, mean. you might as well just like enjoy your time. And like, Christina's just like, I haven't fucking done anything. Oop, Ty and told so, me he's racist. Uh, I take back well, the rooting for him. Do? Okay. And so, um, and so I was very nervous after hearing in the Discord that someone this season plays a really excellent game. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, I was just like, oh no, I want to see Colton fail. Right after I had like a 30 minute long panic attack that Colton would go very, very far. What happens in the episode? And look, I don't wish, <laughs> I don't wish ill upon anyone. We Despite don't buy what you're about to say. We don't want to see anyone get sick Mm-mm. or injured, but because things turned out fine, I did get a lot of amusement watching Colton get a sudden case of appendicitis. <laughs> On the episode, <laughs> I was literally two thirty in the morning, and oh Colton just God. is laying there, writhing in pain, and they're just like, "It could be appendicitis," and I screamed, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> His appendix was like, "I'm gonna give the audience what they want." Oh my God! And and um, and, and it was just just like watching someone get such a villain edit, and you're so scared that they're gonna go all the way, and then finally, just like the most random comeuppance you've ever seen, and then as the doctors are about to take him away. Colton had um, an immunity idol mm. uh, that he was like, I'm going to use it to save myself. I'm going to use it to save myself at some point. And he was so proud because he's such a huge Survivor fan. I got an immunity idol. Fuck all of you. Mm. Um, and so he's writhing in pain. The doctors are seconds away from taking him away. And Jeff is the host is just lingering above him and he's like, wait, 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 before you go, before you go, Colton, what are you going to do with the immunity? I know. <laughs> it's just so funny that Colton has to make this decision as he's in so much pain and like Lauren knows his appendix is probably like spilling out all over his insides as they speak. Uh, and so then Alicia is there, his like friend there and she's probably thinking like, he's going to give it to me. Give it to me right. He's going to give it to me and he's just like, mm, I think I want to keep it as a souvenir. <laughs> and Alicia is like, what the fuck? So it's like not only did Colton have to get evacuated from the game, but Alicia also got screwed in the process. And it's just like, good for Christina. <laughs> Christina had a great day that I mean, she was worried about Colton, obviously, but sure. it's just like good for Christina. She's the true winner of the season. Because Can you tell who is playing one of the best games of Survivor yet? I, I, there is a guy on there named at first. I thought it was this guy, Jonas, but okay. in the spoiler alert, in the last episode I watched, he got, um, Evic- not, not evicted, yeah, uh, voted out, whatever yeah. they call it on Survivor. <laughs> um, but now this guy Tarzan is very much a presence and he's just all over the place, says whatever he wants and he's very chaotic and messy. And, but for some reason he's like sticking around. Mm. He's kind of reminding me of Vanessa from big brother 14, like just super strategic, but also a complete mess, (laughs) like emotionally. And like, just so you think like, is this person a genius or are they a little crazy? And the answer is like both. So I think like maybe it could be Tarzan. I don't know. I'll keep you posted. I imagine I'll finish the season before next week's podcast. Okay. I can't imagine y'all care enough for me to, to <laughs> I say. I care. Who, put okay. it in the Discord. I want to know. I'll put it in the Discord. Yes. Don't worry. Well, you got to check the, the competition reality I do show. sometimes because they talk about traitors. They talk about traitors. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a small giving me moment. And everyone, Colton is okay. He survived and he appeared on another season of Survivor. So so Colton is doing fine. He's fine. So, you know, that's why I can laugh about it. <laughs> that's why I can laugh about it. Because, ooh, what a little shit. Little shit. It was Great. It was it was great. Well, two items have been giving me moments. Okay. I will say, uh, as I told you last week, I was planning on watching Anatomy of a Fall with Jackson after we recorded the podcast. We started it. I did fall asleep. Of course you did. <laughs> I fell asleep about 30 minutes in, and so we had to stop it and watch it. I think the next day or two days later or something. So it was either Monday night or Tuesday night. We sit down and watch Anatomy of a Fall. I have a question. When you fall asleep for a movie, do you like go back to the beginning? No. Okay. I go back to where I to where, where, I where you can remember. You are, I can okay. Remember, yes. Um, so I watched it, and I must say that of all of the Oscar movies that I have seen, it is my favorite. What did I say? It I said you would love Anatomy of a Fall. Fantastic. It just I, I can. It's a lot of it. I'm sure Matt Steele has already said this. Is like you know this woman is on trial for allegedly you know pushing her husband off a roof or whatever. And uh, they don't know, and you as the audience don't know whether she did it or, uh, you know, did not do it. And the way that it's done, the way that the brilliant thing about this movie is like, sure, a lot of it just happens in the house or in the courtroom, but somehow they make it so every 
moment you're learning more information mm-hmm. about what happened that day. You're learning more information about their relationship. You're learning more information about their relationship with their kid. And it it went to places I didn't expect. I had so many feelings. And the thing is, you ask uh, the actress, Sandra Hewler, and the director, and apparently they're both like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't iconic. Know if Truly it, iconic. If she did it or not. And so I like went back and forth so many times as like, did she do this? Did she not? Cause she, if nothing else, she was tough. They were tough together, but like, she's not the warmest character. She is not the warmest she's, character. She's tough. He's tough too. Sure. But like that, there's a moment where you do see an argument they had, I believe the day before the, accident what we'll call it <laughs> and she tells and him you chose to live among ooh, the goats <laughs> and i'm just i'm still just like the goats the goats <laughs> the goat she just it's just it, there's a lot of discussion about like how they have chosen to raise their child especially their child has had an accident in which he has lost his vision partially. Um, and so that changes a lot for them and their relationship a lot happens between just the two of them. But also the dad takes a very active role in parenting and he's like, I want to be home and, uh, you know, doing homeschooling with little Daniel, I want to say that mm-hmm. child's name is. Uh, and, uh, you know, and Miss Sandra Hewler, her character is a writer and they're both writers by trade, but she's the only one writing. She's the only one putting shit out. And he... Blames her a lot for like, we do everything on your time, on your schedule. And she's like, essentially, it was like if uh, that scene from the last five years where Kathy has locked herself in the bathroom was switched. (laughs) And Sandra Hewler was fucking Jamie. And uh, Mr. Man was Kathy. Because she is very much, don't blame me for your failure. And it's like, whoo, it's hard to come back from that. But in fairness, their argument is longer than the song, If I Didn't Believe in You. Sure. And, and he's rough. He's rough. Yeah. He pushes her to say that shit. Mm-hmm. And it is also like, I also wish during their arguments that he was a little clearer about like, this is what I want and what I need from you. Mm-hmm. And cause she's just like, what are you saying? Like yeah. you are speaking in such generality and I need you to be specific. What are you saying? And the thing is to defend Kathy from the last five years, <laughs> <laughs> which we are always going to do. Kathy was trying for her career. Yes. This husband, she was essentially saying, you're not trying, which like, it didn't seem like he was. <laughs> well, he wasn't, he wasn't being as proactive. I as, mean, as, granted, he took on different responsibilities for her and everything, but like, he wasn't being as proactive as like, our queen Kathy from of the course. last five years. She was going on audition. She Ka- was climbing up hills. She, wa- she was curling that hair in the audition room for her musical theater auditions. Kathy is the Beyonce of musical theater. She works oh, what? Hard. Sure, but, not as successful. <laughs> well, no, but like in terms of working hard. Yes, in terms of working hard. I just, I recommend the movie. Yeah. It did, like, it sounds like, oh, this could be interesting on paper, but the way that it's done, I think is incredibly brilliant. I was, for a movie that was two and a half hours, it felt like it flew by. Mm. I was invested from frame one to the end. Like, when Daniel got up at the end mm. on that fucking, I won't say what he says in this testimony, but the lead up to that testimony, I was thinking one thing, and for... What he said, I thought another. Like, we, you know, these are all fictional characters, so I can say this. That little boy was lying. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. Because I think he, like, you know, the lady that he was talking to about, like, what he was going to say on the stand told him to do, he made a decision. And he went with it. It's an excellent movie, yeah, and you should watch it. And I, I, what I love about Anatomy of a Fall is it really harkens back to like those real good like cr- like courtroom dramas that were huge in like the nineties, like the one they were called like The Client or something <laughs> like that, starring Susan Sarandon, like stuff like that. And so it's kind of like you see a movie like that in a theater, and you're like, I haven't seen a movie like this. Yes. It's just like a courtroom drama, like in a theater in such a long time. And so yes. it's it's really refreshing to see she's. Unbelievable. She is so fantastic. She's such an amazing actress, and I'm so glad she Sandra Hewler is having such a good year. Um, I was kind of hoping that she would also slip into the Best Supporting Actress race this year for um, The Zone of Interest, because mm. she's excellent in that movie as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sandra Hewler is so amazing. I'm so happy that she's, you know finding so much success Absolutely. in America and is in two best picture nominees. Um, and, but are you going to talk about what everyone in the movie is talking about? The performance by the dog, oh, the dog. I did wonder. Yep. How'd you get that dog to do that? Literally you ask her, the, uh, uh, the director and she, and in an interview I saw, they were just like, how the fuck did you train a dog? Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, the, there's a scene where 
the dog gets sick. I'm not yes. going to say how. Yes. And so the dog like ha- is pretending like it's sick. It's sick. <laughs> the dog it, like, is pretending like it's sick. Like it's and like, sick. like its eyes are like glazed, like glazed over and like fluttering and everything. And and everyone and their mother's just watching, just like how the fuck how, do you exactly? train? Because it's not like it was a, a puppet dog no, for this. Scene. This is a dog. They got the actual dog to do this. And when they were like, how, d- like how did you get the dog to do that? The director's just like. Here's practice. <laughs> <laughs> everything I love, everything like Sandra that and the, the Delintry uh, have said about this movie. They're just like, how did you do this? How did you come up with this? Give us the answers for this. And they're just like, well, yeah, we just did it. <laughs> like, d- like, is she guilty or is she not? And she's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very like European way of totally. making movies. Just like, oh, you know, we just put it on there. Thought it would be interesting and did it. Right. It's yeah. like they're not taking it so seriously. No one's yes. method acting on that yes. set. Yes, it reminds me of like um, the round table in the uh, in the 2016 leading actress race mm. when Isabelle Huppert like is sitting in the middle of the round table and all the other actresses in contention are sitting there and the interviewer was just like has there ever been a role in any of your careers that you feel has changed you as a person and all the American actresses are like you see them start to think and, and Isabelle Huppert just goes no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, get them. Yes, get yeah. them. Absolutely. And other, another thing that gave me moments this week, I cannot recommend the latest episode of The Read enough. This is a podcast started, I believe, in 2013, I want to say, by Kid Fury and Crystal, two incredible. I mean, they're, I mean, they're podcasters now, but they're just incredible people who have a podcast called The Read. And it is amazing, incredibly popular, has been forever. And they have been singing the praises of Beyonce since starting the read and before. And they, this past week, were invited to the LA sacred event. Crystal essentially got like got her hair cut by Tina Knowles. Oh. And like her hair like looked at and worked on by her. And they went to this party the next day thinking, oh, Tina's going to be there. It'll be this launch party. We all have to white, whatever. Of course, they're taken back. Well, Beyonce is there with Blue Ivy, which is very good. And then they're taken back to meet Beyonce. They get to speak with her for like five minutes. And they recount this entire story on the <laughs> podcast entitled, incredibly, Beyonce? Question mark, exclamation, because of New York. Uh, And I have never felt happier for people that I did not know personally. Like literally have not met Kid Fury or Crystal ever in real life. But my God, the fact that their platform has gotten them to this place where they're meeting the artist of their life. And not only are they meeting her, she's like, I'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. and honored to meet you. Like, I love what you do. Please keep doing it. It's just like I was listening with the biggest smile across my face. Like this is there was not an ounce of jealousy for me because it was just like this is you've worked so hard for this. Yeah. I hope to work so hard that Mariah Carey interacts with me one day. I could foresee it, but we're not there yet. And But it's just it's just so beautiful to see someone's dreams be realized, but also like a dream that they work for. It's not like they won a contest, which, you know, would be a cool way to meet Beyonce. Hey. I'll win a contest, sure. whatever I need to do. Yeah, but you win a contest, you're not meaning her for five minutes. You're meaning her for 20 seconds. Exactly. Like, hello, how and are she's going to be like, hello, how are you? And not like, I love what you do and sure. what you put into the world. Well, you know? I mean, the thing is like uh, Kid Fury and Crystal, are ve- we're very much at the forefront of like pop culture dissection in like podcast form. Yes. You know, I feel like they are kind of the parents of what we do. Yes. Uh, Like they, when did their podcast start? 2013. 2013, you know, and so you are very much inspired by them to like have a YouTube show of our own. Yes. And so just to like see how far they've come has been really wonderful because they were, they were the first people to like really do it right and in the sort of way that it's done now absolutely you know um in the age of the social media and right. of the podcasts and and to like and of stand-up like yeah. they're the ones who are at the forefront of like we are going to stand so hard on our <laughs> podcast for this one right woman, uh who we know is going to be continue to be the titan that she is right now yes um i'm really honestly surprised that they haven't met her yet i know it honestly is shocking yeah. but i am so happy just to see two black queer people go this far and like you know the sky's the limit for them they're Mm -hmm. so talented they're so brilliant I just was I just am so happy for them and again never met them and to have Beyonce say I'm so like proud of you and how far you've come because Beyonce knows that the people who do what they do are so important to the music industry For in this sure. day and age. Absolutely. Like not to, you know, toot our own two game at horn or anything, but like, I don't know, like the, like people like us who react to like music, people like singers now count on reaction. Absolutely. Videos. They, they ask people to like, please react to my song. We, have been, re- we have been asked and many a time because, because it's, 
fun and it brings people together with the music. I mean, besides the promotion of it all, it brings the fans together. Right. And that is why um, it's it's so important. And Beyonce knows that. I Beyonce know. knows like that the you know my fans online talking about me like help promote and helped create the career that I have right. now. Right. You know. So I just think it's wonderful that Beyonce is just as much a fan of them. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It was just, it, I just cannot recommend listening to that podcast enough. Like it will make you smile. Even if you've never heard three before, which by the way, you should listen to it every week. It's great. And, um, just very happy for them. Just happy for them. But you know, to give ourselves credit to, we met Adele. We did meet Adele. We met Adele. We did meet Adele. And she asked if we were going to Vegas and we said, mm. <laughs> Tickets were hard. They were hard. They were hard. Hey, and we got invited to meet her that day. I know. Was it that morning? Yeah. That was a wild one. Oh, I walked into work that day, and I was just like, oh, I can't wait to go home and not do anything. Yeah. I get, I get a text from Matt Palmer just being like, are you available tonight? And I was just like, oh, God, what email did we get? And I read the email, and I was just like, yes. Yes, it was an important one, which, by the way, Mariah's, if I believe you're doing a new album release, if you have ever wanted to hop on a Zoom, <laughs> if you wanted to, you know, meet quietly in your backyard, you know, we'll be there. If, okay, I have a question. Yes. If Mariah hmm. Was like if her people like reached out to you, yes, and they were like Matt Palmer, yes, uh, we want to have Zoom with you, yes. and like you can be a part of whatever this Mariah release is yes. in any sort of capacity, even if it's just like talking about it on Two Game Match or whatever, which yes. like, we're gonna do anyway. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Um, and, but they were like, but you can't tell anyone. Would you tell me <laughs> the moment? Would you break the NDA and tell me? I promise I would never tell anyone, but I would also not take it personally if you didn't tell me. I would tell you. Ah! <laughs> I'd be too excited. I would tell you, Jackson and Janie. <laughs> Which I guess is breaking the NDA. Oh, wow. So I, I was only asking for one person, but yes, three people. I know. Beyonce, I, or Mariah's people are watching would, right now. Why would I, the thing is, they would only have both of us. They yeah. wouldn't just have me. Mm -hmm. And two, they wouldn't need to know I'd tell my boyfriend and my best friend. Like, come on. Okay. All right. All right so we're putting out in the universe. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Who, all right, if, if Mariah is my dream person that I get to meet, who's your dream person at this, who's alive <laughs> that you get to meet? Well, if Carol Channing reached out from Beyond the Dead, I would be telling every motherfucker. I mean, we know that. Um, well, Carol would also want me to tell everyone. Yes. Like, Carol's ne Carol has never heard of an NDA in her life. She's yes. like, tell everyone. Yes. Um, uh, it would be Damien Chazelle. Oh, yeah. okay. You'd have to go alone. <laughs> you no, I'd go. No, I'm not inviting you anyway. <laughs> Uh, we'd go together and I'd be like, hello, you great. I loved that drumming movie. Drumline? What's it called? Oh my God. <laughs> you did not just compare Whiplash to Drumline. Wow. Wow. What is it called? Whiplash. Whiplash, yes. Whiplash. Okay. Well, that's that on that. A seminal film. I'm glad that we've put that out there. We're yeah. manifesting We're in 2024. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We love you so much. And we'll be back next week with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.